Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to. You are too low. Chuck. A special late night. You better I, hold this in your face. I'm trying to get my radio to a sexy voice on right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what a. No, play. <laughs> No, let me do the intro. I got my. Oh my gosh, here, here we go. 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 Welcome, family. <laughs> Give me this. Give me this. Oh my gosh, welcome, y'all, to a special, a special episode of A Seat at the Table. Um, it's your host, the future Dr. Zoe, and here with the lovely host, Lady Z, in the, his house. We up in here. It is late night, y'all. It, it is. It is real late. Yeah. So this for the culture. This episode is definitely for the culture. Shoot, y'all. Just just a quick just a quick update. Like we are going through it over here with the end of the semester and these assignments. So um, yeah. So we definitely. We're trying to squeeze in some time to record at this hour. Um, so we're here doing this for y'all. Um, but today's topic is, again, as as it was said, it's for the culture. And it's a really good one. Um, but before we, jumped into, before we jump into it, y'all, please sign up for the Dismantling Experience with Lady Z. Um, it's still, what, about two weeks left to sign up? Yes. About two weeks left to sign up. So y'all DM her S S A Y allowed. DM her. Um registration's only forty forty bucks, right? Yep. Forty bucks and you get a free T shirt when you sign up. So y'all go ahead and do that. Um if y'all just want the T shirt and just wanna support that way and buy some merch, DM her for that. T shirts are twenty bucks. Yes, and I just got a new shipment. So all my sizes, it goes from extra small to triple X. So, boom, y'all. Yeah. So y'all be sure to support. Support. Um, I will be a part of that dismantling experience. Um, just you know, kind of on the back end, on the side, doing what I do. Um, so, um, I'll try to record. We'll try to record throughout that time, but just in case we don't get to it. Which we will try the best we can, but if we don't, for whatever reason, you know, showing support to Lady Z and her dismantling experience. So, Thank with you. that being said, today's topic, I don't even, I guess we'll just call this one for the culture because. Can we? I would like to share how we got there. Yeah, so go ahead and break it, go ahead and break it down for the people. That's <laughs> how right. we got to this <laughs> right here. <laughs> All right, fam. So I was having a conversation because, I mean, so many of us are just really on our soapboxes <laughs> right now in different ways oh, yeah. because there's, um, I mean, we have different narratives happening. <sighs> Everyone has something to say. And I don't know. And it depends on the person, whether you believe it's going to be what, they, what one would consider an accurate an accurate, I don't know, um, explanation or accurate depiction of what's really happening. <laughs> yeah, depiction. Mm-hmm. So, 
I need to, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. She's, she's a really good friend of mine. I'm not going to name names. I promised her I would not do that. (laughs) But, um, there's some things she is, um, originally from Chicago. So that's a plus. She kind of know where she's coming from as far as culture why well what some people don't know as far as the culture is concerned because a lot of folks think that when it comes to uh the northern states that um there's a different experience than southern states and that's honestly not true having lived in chicago and having lived in atlanta i can say that i've experienced more racism and it was very segregated uh, when I was in Chicago versus when I was in the South. So let's talk about this. So something that my friend said, I was going to try to go off of your screenshot, but I decided not to. Oh man. I can get out. I, think I, can sum it up. <laughs> I mean, I, I want you to sum it up, but I just want to give the original, the verbatim, the verbatim original, because I'm me. You do, and I can appreciate that. So. I mean, thank you. And now I can't find it because I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go back to what I sent you. How's that? There we go. All right. Boom. All right, so in talking about because uh, the what we have seen as far as memes are concerned, I won't call it a narrative, but as far as memes are concerned, um, I believe there is there's a few versions of one that talk about how no, we are not our ancestors will f you up. <laughs> Pretty much, we are not our ancestors will f you up, um, and I'm I'm gonna keep it keep it G. I'm not going to go there And so my friend Her response was um, No our new generation Is not like our ancestors We are a weaker version of them We don't stand for anything without clout We are plagued with the same Social ills as whites And fighting to be a part Of the status quo Rather than against it We cannot sacrifice for the greater good We do not value hard work We fail to understand the revolution does not sleep. We have yet to redevelop our own reinvention of the Renaissance. And the last part of that. Oh, yeah, that's mainly what you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I really did. And, oh, goodness, I can't even see the last part. Yeah, it's it's really sad. I'm really sleepy. She had one last sentence and I cannot even see it, but that's really the major thing that we wanted to touch on. Um, and I wanted to give context as far as that, mm-hmm. as far as that conversation or how we even got to this point of let's have a conversation about that and put that out there for what it is. So that's, I just wanted to share that. I'm going to let Zoe take it. <laughs> Switch. Yeah. But I, in, because the last sentence I think you're getting at was she was saying, like, we have yet to redevelop our own reinvention of the Renaissance. No, it's not that. Oh. It was okay. a separate line. Oh, okay. But um, 
but yeah it's it's just interesting though because it's like and and part of it um which we'll get into the meeting like here we go oh sorry <laughs> she found it. last sentence um after that we fail to re re redevelop the renaissance or reinvent the renaissance um they're right we are not like them we are insolent and do not learn that is the last sentence of that diatribe <laughs> i mean i definitely want to go into the meaning of all of that that she wrote but i will i will say though like part of it like part of it isn't our fault i think part of it is, is i think again going back to that narrative piece it's like we because we don't know our history like in a lot of ways we are repeating some mistakes of old and i think that um just and, and and I say that just in terms of you know like just how you know because for many people it's like slavery is only part of our story you know and, and if you will it's kind of like I wouldn't even say our climax if you will but it's like it's really like you know if you if you read a story it's like one of those buildups to the climax of it. And so I think that if we look at historically where we came from, as the saying, I mean, as I heard people say, even now today, it's like, we are the culture. It's like a big part of American society is influenced by us as African Americans. So it's like, you know, and I think your your friend touched on that when she's saying trying to be like the status quo. It's like we don't need to be like the status quo. We set status we set the status quo. We set the trends. We set, you know, the new, you know, what's new, what's what's inventive, like what's innovative. Like we set that. You know, and I'm not just talking about like mainstream artists. Like if you look at out just outside of that and you look at underground artists and you and if you you know, listen to the music of, you know, those up and coming artists and stuff like that. Like that's, that's part of the heart and soul of us. Like, you know, I remember, I remember I, I attended a thing with KRS-One and he was talking about how, like in the early days of hip hop, it was just, you was there out in the streets with your boys and y'all were just like coming up with rhymes to like, just like homemade beats. Like, and y'all were just going back and forth. And then it's like, you you know, it kind of led into talk about the block in real life and what it was like and, you know, how we can, you know, and, you know, you looked out for each other, this, that, and the third. So it's just like, you know, it's all in all, I think a big part of it, which may, which may vary depending on who you're talking to, but I think a big part of it is really knowing our history, knowing where we came from, knowing that, you know, we're more than just slaves. We're more than just, you know, the transatlantic slave trade. Like, we're, you know, we we are the culture, and we are more powerful, we're more intelligent we're more gifted we're more creative we're we're all these things that even though the status quo likes to kind of put certain 
types of types of our you know types of us types of our people on a pedestal in the limelight it's like we're we're that and more and we're not just meant to survive we're not just meant to be subjugated to what's what was being done to us by by the police it's you know us rising up and and letting the world really know who we are and i think that's kind of where us as individuals a part of the collective need to again just need to heal ourselves and figure out who we are and because when you heal yourself you heal the collective and i think once enough of us begin to really heal ourselves the collective will get stronger and we'll be able to you know, I think in a more powerful way, not to say what we're doing now isn't powerful, but it will be kind of a 2.0 upgrade, upgrade version of we're here, we know who we are, this is what we're about, and it will just be more focused and we'll be more, you know, just a lot more there with with Fidel. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Uh, he, said he helps. He helps make sense. But my thing, just to speak to what you're saying, because you, something that you mentioned that was key, um, kind of in the beginning of what you were saying was, like we don't know our history, and I think in many people's minds it's like okay, victim mentality sometimes, or a lot of times, and that it's always been like that. And it's like no, that's not true. Like what we where we come from it's not just oh we've been slaves like get over like slavery was a while ago get over it or um jim crow civil rights movement that was a while ago like 60 years ago get over it it's like all right it wasn't just those things though and it wasn't just like we've mm-hmm. always been um in that position of constantly beat down and never wising up that's not true because if that mm-hmm. was the case we wouldn't have seneca village we wouldn't have had um, the Wilmington insurrection, we would not have had um, Black Wall Street and everything else that came in between. So, and we ju- and the thing about it, um, okay, so, so with Seneca and insurrection, excuse me, that happened in the 1820s. If you guys know history, a lot of us were still slaves then. But Seneca Village was, is in New York, so Central Park, essentially. And you had a pretty much similar to Black Wall Street, you had an entire community that was built by free blacks. And then you had immigrants as well from um, Ireland, if I'm correct. Definitely Ireland. There was another uh, country there, another European country. But that is essentially what we did. And what happened, um, developers came in, and uh, it was, I believe it was a couple, literally it was a late um, gentleman and his wife. They came in and pretty much yanked the land um, by going to the, I don't know who the governmental leaders were at that time to handle all of that, but going to the city essentially, if we're going to put it in layman's terms or today's terminology, and they sold pieces of the people's land with people's stuff on it and they just literally bulldozed everything down and was like okay whatever you built bunk that we bought it and they sold pieces they bought it all and then sold it out to to white people 
um, other whites that were there that could afford it because they didn't want to see that happen. They didn't want to see anything being built. They didn't buy blacks. Please, how dare you? You're still slaves in the South. And then you have the Wilmington insurrection, which was very close to my great grandparents and their lives um, because it happened in North Carolina in 1898. My grandfather was born in 1892, so or 1893. So, no, he was born in 1892. All right, there we go. <laughs> we're going to get the years right. But my, my great-grandparents were also around at that time as well. And what happened with the Wilmington insurrection, similar situation, um, you had, and but this was in North Carolina, so this was in the South, technically, still. And you had blacks that were well-to-do, very well-to-do, had their own money. And they became a problem because there was too many of them. So they literally got kicked out of uh, Wilmington, um, North Carolina, and surrounding areas and told they could not come back. That's what happened with the Wilmington insurrection. And then we, and mind you, this is, so we have New York, we have North Carolina. Let's then go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma, as many are now finding out about Black Wall Street and what that was. The Greenwich, I want to say Greenwich. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right. The city, the area. Um, and that was an entire town, an entire town with banks, with, uh, they, they didn't need any uh, anything from the surrounding uh, areas because they literally had an entire town that was built up, all blacks. It was a black town and it was a problem. So now you have the Tulsa massacre that followed what was known as Black Wall Street because they killed everyone and set the entire town on fire. So we're not coming from a space of we've always been beat down and we never did anything for ourselves because of a victim mentality. Not so. No, we've built things up and things have been literally destroyed. And that is historically. And those are large things. Um, it's happened on many occasions because even down to, um, if you just want to, and we'll go to something that's a little bit, I would say probably, I, I would say closer to, to home or closer to now which is think about where you live, whether you're in New York, whether you're in California, does not matter because every state had this. So essentially GI Bill, what so many people love about the GI Bill now as having worked at a college, uh, I know that for people that are coming out of the military, they the GI Bill now assists with paying for college, among other things, financially. However, what it was originally intended for was um, what we also know as, know as war bonds and being able to get your loans for housing, uh, housing developments that were built after, around, after World War II in the 40s. So the issue with that GI Bill is that many blacks didn't qualify for it. Of 67,000 people that got those war bonds and got the G got their GI bill about 3000 were black of 67,000. Yeah. So in some States and the th and Oh, and then let's go to redlining because that was a part of all of that. <sighs> Jesus. So first, 
you couldn't get help buying uh, a house in a new development area. And the new development area, they're like, well, we need to separate ourselves for real from these other neighborhoods. So we're going to build highways. And that's what's going to block off these bad areas, quote unquote, that are all black. And you can look at your cities and you can tell where there are many freeways. <laughs> Don't get me started. All right. Um, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not touching it. Because you can look at it in every state. Um, uh, literally almost every state, especially metropolitan areas. Um, I see it in San Diego, California. Let's take San Diego, for example, because I got a good one for you. Mm -hmm. There is a school called Lincoln High School. It is known for being a black high school. Very well known in San Diego. Lincoln High School got had to get torn down um, the year that I graduated. So 2003 was the last graduating year, um, graduating class, because they had to tear down the school because they had not touched the foundation of that school since war shelters were built under the school. How's that? So, <laughs> yeah. And if you look back in like the 50s and the 40s, all white, all white school. How did it become all black, you ask? GI Bill. So you had blacks lived north where at first there and literally there's not there wasn't a lot of development and the whites lived south it switched during world war ii so you have high schools that were not touched were not i mean had not been nothing had happened to them because it just switched they're like we're not going to change the the makeup of it we're not going to redevelop it until they realized wait maybe we should do something so they wait till 2002 to introduce this and then they go underground and they're like wait there's still war shelters that are bomb shelters under the daggone school wait and all the stuff is still there like y'all just left the y'all just had us be in the school and didn't do anything with it very popular school, had a, awesome people that went there, awesome people that taught there. Um, yeah, but that's that. That's a prime example of <laughs> of how much it affected neighbor. Like you literally saw entire neighborhood shift and like a white flight happened for real. Um, everything that was like, and, and you can look at it even in Los Angeles, you look at certain high schools, plenty of them actually, that were all white years ago that are now all black and in some of the roughest parts or what used to be the roughest parts of town because gentrification is now becoming a thing. So it's not even that rough no more. Mm -hmm. So it's like cycling back again. So I say all of that to say and digress back. Yeah, digress, not regress, but digress. Um, we are not speaking to, um, I don't believe we're really speaking to this from a, a knowledgeable standpoint as far as where blacks are coming from when they say they're tired of stuff, when they say they're, they're like over it. I don't think we seem to understand the history. We don't know our history enough. And I didn't even scratch the surface with what I just mm -hmm. talked about. Because I didn't even want to get into half of it. Because I could really go on a diatribe. And I didn't have this phone for the longest. I'm going to give it back to Zoe in a second. But 
Because because the thing is that all this stuff has happened and yet even the people that are supposedly fighting this and supposedly protest, a lot of them don't know the daggone history. And then you have people that don't care to know the history because they believe it never affected them. Well, honey, it actually did. Your entire family used to live in a whole other part of a whole other state, a whole other part of the state or a whole other part of the county and moved because blacks moved into your neighborhood (laughs) or because there were new housing developments that didn't allow blacks. So your family thought it would be good to migrate. All right. I'm I'm going to digress, but um yeah, so our narrative is not is not from a place or standpoint of weakness. It's actually from a standpoint of literally being tired because we have built and literally have had things destroyed. It's been solid foundations yet destroyed because of hate. That's the issue. That is the problem. And that is some history to, for that. So now that we have some context in there and I think we already did. Cause I know I mentioned some of this. Mm-hmm. I didn't go too deep into it, but now y'all really know what happened. Right. So yeah. take, take this. Cause I'm no, but I uh, thanks for the Thank you for the history lesson. Cause I think, mm-hmm. but, and I'm so glad you did that because it's like, you know, it's, it serves, it serves twofold. Cause it's like on the one hand, it's like, for us, it's like knowing that, you know, we're capable of more. We're capable of doing that, and we shouldn't be afraid to do so because I think for some people, they are afraid that no matter what, like, it's going to it's gonna be taken away or we're not going to get credit for it or whatever. It's like, you know, but I think now with with all that we have, I think speaking to the point that your friend made is like, now that we're in this position where our ancestors were once were, it's like, you know, I think a small part of us is, is afraid a little bit. If we're, if we're speaking to that, and it's, and it's right. And it's just, you know, but it's just rising up. Cause I think to that point too, it's like, you know, systematically though, it's like, you know, if we, you know, and this just ties back into what we learned about, you know, classical conditioning, you know, and so it's like, you know, you have classical conditioning of a, of a system of this country that perpetuates that white is right. Everything else needs to fall in line, know their place. And it's like us as blacks we're kind of all the way at the end of the line but it's like you know but it's like if we're being truthful it's like those us in the front is steady looking to us because we got it and we know it and we don't need to be fearful of anything because you know as as I didn't heard someone close to me say it's like you know, I think you posted it this week. It also ironically too. It's like if God before us, mm-hmm. nothing is standing against us, because the ultimate, the ultimate behind the scenes is is that from a spiritual standpoint, we have an enemy that does that wants to piss and destroy anything good in this world, 
And it just so happens that us as black, us as African-Americans, us as black people, like when we do things and we create things and we, you know, invent things that is meant to progress the world, this country forward, you know, he's going to hide behind somebody weak minded and insecure to destroy it, to piss on it, to steal, you know, to steal all of that, like. But, you know, and I think and I think that's something else that we need to call to the carpet. And that is, is that us as human beings, like, you know, us as a culture, we don't own anything. Because all of our gifts and our talents, and we talked about this several times, all of the gifts and the talents and the stuff the Lord gives us, he gives us. <laughs> Nothing is new under the sun. He gives us. So it's like we don't own anything and so we shouldn't like stake our claim to stuff even though it would be nice to get to gain some credit but we know that this is a warfare that's going on we know that it's a spiritual battle that's happening so you know trying to etch your name in the history books, it's like if we look at history circling back to if we look at the history that has been given to us, it's inaccurate. There's more holes in it than Swiss cheese. So it's like, you know, look beyond the cloud, look beyond trying to televise the revolution. Like your friend said, it's like, it's, it's been happening and it's continuing to happen. Like the revolution, the revolution ain't gone nowhere. It's like, now we want to televise it, but you know, as you know, and I, and I think I said this on the, on the previous episode, it's like, they know what they're doing. Those who are racist, those who have hate and are fueled by malice, they know what they're doing. To some degree, they know what they're doing. And I say that because, you know, Lord willing, they, you know, Lord willing, he helps heal them and pull them out of that if they if they want it. But generally speaking, they know what they're doing especially systematically, they've been doing this for centuries now. So the shock of it all, there's no need to be shocked. There's no need to be caught off guard because it's there. It's been there. So now is the time to, okay, how do we adapt? How do we rise? How do we elevate? to to solve it to combat it those these are the things we need to be asking about and talking about and discussing I'm like I don't even know if we need to no because I know how you meant adapt okay (laughs) because the thing is Mm -hmm. when it comes to out us assimilating and with the cult with what we think is the culture. If we're the ones who literally created the culture, then look within, you know. <laughs> and why are we trying to be like anyone else? Um, 
what we need to focus on as people is and and everyone knows this because that's why war bonds and white flight and all of that and it still happens and gentrification all of that is dealing with property mm-hmm. and so many of us do not own our own property like it's interesting like we don't own our homes um and we don't own pieces of land that people want to use to develop like in general we as blacks do not um it's starting to change a little bit but it's interesting because i where i who i live with um housing wise like my my housemates and the family that i've gotten to know pretty well over the past few years um they're italian and not even italian american like italian um and even they know <laughs> buy your property like they have no issues you mentioned it's interesting because i know one of them one of the sisters their daughter wanted to um she found a good condo i want to say in like encino and she wanted to purchase it my mom was like oh for sure i'll give you the sixty thousand to purchase it because i know you're going to get that money back and then some because you buy it it's in good condition <clears throat> okay, cool. You can rent it easily for at least twenty five hundred. Easily twenty five hundred a month. You make your money back real quick. I have no problems with that. But we don't think to do that even but the interesting part about it is that we make up so much of the economy with our money as black people. If we all stopped, which is why they're talking about blackout Tuesday, which is coming Tuesday. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're talking about all of that. But so many of us don't. We, we have the ability to do something, but we don't have any knowledge behind it. Um, you have some people that do know. You have other people that are definitely perpetuating situation in a very um, horribly and then you have others that are defeated like if we were a little bit more united in how we're handling um, what's happening I think would be way more effective and that is what is different between us and our ancestors and different between not even our ancestors because this wasn't that long ago my great grandparents were slaves. Like this wasn't that long ago. This is what, like, what, only two hundred years ago? Barely. Yeah, barely that. Yeah. Barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a hundred, like over a hundred years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like eighteen sixty-five. I mean, it's a hundred and fifty mm-hmm. and some change, but it's like. Yeah, it's less than twenty years ago. Yeah. But I mean, if we're gonna well, be honest. And it's entire, yeah. Isn't I mean, but it's if we're going to be honest, entirely. because you also have, in general, we'll say mm-hmm. that, because then you have the different laws that were in place immediately after slaves were released that caused them to go back into slavery, hello, 12 years of slave. Um, even though that happened still during slavery, even after slavery um, was eradicated, there were still <laughs> ways of slave masters having slaves again through the prison system and I'm not going to touch that any more than what I'm saying it but there were so many laws that were in place 
to the effect that or effect of like if we're gonna be honest we're barely breaking out of slavery we still have a slave mentality because it's still continued because there were laws that kept it so at this point we have to understand that we have to understand our history we have to understand um where we're where we're coming from so we know where we're going Honestly, so that's just what I I have. <laughs> that's a, that's, um, and, I just, and I think just like all in all, like I think another to kind of build off of the point you had made earlier. The second part too, I think is. You know, and I think if you, and I think a few Caucasian people have said it. It's like it's not up to us to educate y'all. It's not, and I think that's and I think that's part of the quote unquote narrative too. It's like of why we're tired. It's like you want to be responsible for your insecurities, right. your fears, your anxieties. Of how you view of how you view us, well. and I think, and I think we definitely internalized it with, with, essentially everything, how we talk to, how we address someone who's not of our culture, how we, our appearance, you know, again, hello, having a white voice, you know, you know, for women, you're, you know the look from the wigs and the weaves to um you know how you dress and how you come to work and you know for us black male professionals just that whole dynamic and how you know and and I even see now in my program like just really the higher up you go the less african american males you see and that whole you know that whole experience in and of itself so it's like you know saying all that to say that it's not our responsibility for you for us to deal with your stuff like y'all got to deal with that because that's a whole deep rooted deep seated root insecurity fear whatever that has nothing to do with us and everything to do with you and I think because we again we talk about boundaries you talk about all of that that's a boundary I think just everybody you know we have to sustain and maintain and it's a hard boundary and let it be known like y'all gotta check that y'all really gotta check that because as long as we've been in this country, as much as we've done for this country, as much as we continue to do for this country and the culture and everything, I'm not asking for no plaque. I'm not asking for no 40 acres in the mule. I'm just merely asking for respect. Being treat, being treat humanely, 
and being treated with some type of dignity that I am a human being. I'm not an animal that you put your knee on, that you put your entire weight on. I'm not some type of wild beast where it takes three, four, five, six of y'all to take me down. Like, I'm not hard of hearing. I don't need you shouting while you're pointing a gun at my face. Like, or towards me. I don't need that. And it's like, and it's, and it's these things, and it's these clear indicators of, you know, just, just the reality of how we're being treated. Like, you've let, like, you, you've arrested a whole mass shooter who shot up a whole movie theater or shot up a church. You handcuff him, put him in the back of the car, and he's alive in one piece. But for those of us who were quote-unquote writing writing bad checks or going for a run in our neighborhood or sleeping in our house, and you decide a gun is the answer, there's a problem with that. There's a serious, again... That's not something I, I, y'all got to deal with. Your insecurities, your worries, your fears, your anxieties, whatever. Deal with that. Because as we say, say the name, justice for all these people. Deal with that. Because I don't know about y'all. And this is and this is just and this is just you know those out there who are of you know of a Caucasian background. I don't know about y'all, but having the cops come to your door while you sleep and they break in and and shoot and kill you. That's not cool, yo. Or you coming back from the store with snacks, trying to get into your neighborhood, but you can't, and you end up shot and killed. You go running through your neighborhood that you've been doing for as long as you've been there, and you get shot and killed. So, <laughs> it's just, it's interesting to me because when you get to that, like I, when we get to a space of I'm tired of it, now you see, is now you see the anger come out, you see our responses and, and people are like, well, I don't get it, but it's like you literally make a situation for someone then get mad when they their very lives and how they hand their nature is indicative of that situation that you made and it's like you create thieves and then you punish them or you create um 
<laughs> you create the thing that you're scared of and then you punish it for being what it is. <sighs> and that is the history of this country. And I get I need to say create because that's when you in a position that nah you, you, you you're not God. You ain't there. You had a hand you had a hand in influencing it, I would say. Mm-hmm. To a certain to a certain degree. And then you get mad at the response. Or you get mad or you get scared at the reaction. It's like I always say, it's like when you poke a tiger or you poke a sleeping bear. It's cute for a while because it's always oh, in a cage or oh it can't get out. But who's to say one day you do that and the cage is open for whatever reason? Maybe they're getting fed or they need to clean the cages or whatever. And you poke in that sleeping bear or you poke in that tiger. <laughs> Don't be surprised if it come out and maul you and you the first one in mauls or you the first one it attacks. Like, that's just what it is. Like, and... And and I and I guess it took and I guess it it took me a while it took me a while to really like see the fact of you know because again we talk about as Christians like patience long suffering and all of these things what love is right. We talk about these things and it's difficult, especially when you constantly have a race of people constantly poking at you almost every which way. And it's like, and I and I said this. I'm speaking towards the church too, because it's like, you know, we sat in Sunday schools and we sat and talked with people where it's like, what do we do? Like, how do we respond? Because it's we know vengeance is the Lord is where it talks about it, and. And I know some people have said it's not even just me taking vengeance. It's just I'm so angry. And I think that we don't stress this enough in the church, maybe. But it's like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to do that. Get that out there. But... not allowing it to lead you to do something that is going to cause you to go against his word. And I think that's, that's, I think for, for those of us who are black and in the church, that's our challenge. That's our biggest challenge, especially now. Because it's like, 
we have so many people wanting to, you know, eye for an eye <laughs> type of thing, and it's like, yeah. and we and and it's in it's instances like this where it's like we have the justification to do it, <laughs> and we have every reason to, right. and so it's like. What? Like, <laughs> and you saying we don't? And you saying not to? Are you crazy? <laughs> I, I, you crazy? <laughs> my thing is, I'm. <sighs> since we're, I would just like to. Since we're here. I don't think I did this. Let's go through a list real quick. I'm on Arbery. <sighs> Botham Sean. Tatiana Jefferson. Jonathan Farrell. Renisha McBride. Stefan Clark. Jordan Edwards. Jordan Davis. Alton Sterling. Ayanna Jones. Mike Brown. Tamir Rice. Charleston Nine. Trayvon Martin. Sean Bell. Oscar Grant. Sandra Bland. Philando Castile, Corey Jones, Joan, John Crawford, Terrence Crutcher, Keith Scott, Clifford Glover, Claude Reese, Randy Evans, Yvonne Smallwood, Amado Diallo, who I actually knew, Walter Scott, Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, and the one person that is not on this list, George Floyd. So, the thing about that list and the many people that are not on that list, because there's hundreds, is that it's a consistent reminder of why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing and how we take it by what you just said, how we how we handle it as Christians is a whole other can of stuff in and of itself. How we handle it as people of color is a whole other can in and of itself. Now put the two together and it's like, all right, what? (laughs) but we can't negate that even though we are in Christ. And even though we are new creatures in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are still in this body. We are still in the skin and there is still injustice. And we cannot uh, minimize that in that way because God is a God of justice all day. That is throughout scripture, New Testament, Old Testament. You take a pick throughout scripture. He is a God of justice. And so those names, because the thing what first what makes it different when it's black on black crimes versus this is that i mean i already mentioned how how all of that happened all of them all the names that i mentioned i don't think any of them were actually gang members many of them professional people all actually i mean trayvon didn't even wasn't old enough to really do that because he was 15. Yeah, there was a few who were still young. Yes, that were young. Mike Brown had just graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. 
like didn't even have a chance to become a professional anything. And then you have others that are, that were. Um, Brianna Taylor was on the front line. Like, what the world? And so that is what. Yeah, uh, um, he was just trying to jog through his neighborhood. Ahmad. But it's those situations where that's where our humanity, um, we have to, we have to allow God to do what he needs to do in us. And I think where it needs to happen, where it needs to start, I've heard different narratives from different pastors, some that refuse to even touch the topic, others that, um... I believe Lecrae was, I won't name the pastor that Lecrae was having a, um, was being uh, interviewed by, but he mentioned white blessing instead of white privilege. Yeah, no. And (laughs) so many other countless things that are out there right now. Um, If the church can't be unified and we're the strongest entity in the world, I don't really know how we plan to have a world come together. Um, I, I we have to lead by example, body of Christ. And it's interesting, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because if we look at previous generations that were supposedly weak, all of them had were were more so than not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ a sovereign God and more so and, and, I, and that was and that's something we touched on too a little bit earlier in, in terms of the dialogue I had and that is is that you know I think in, especially in terms of quote unquote black churches like we have to really understand the spiritual implications of things I know you mentioned this several times like the spiritual implications of his word and really having that relationship with God because for many that's all they had like at that time mm-hmm. yeah and and the thing is that now we talk about that mm-hmm. we as the the learned folks if you will I'll call us the learned like <laughs> the learned folks we like to, and I, I was one of them, so I, I can definitely speak to it. Um, it's like, you know, that's very, it just sounds so religious because, you know, you have different people that are uh, in black churches that aren't, you know, have not been in any type of ministerial training, official ministerial training. Um, they haven't really, and they're not very articulate or charismatic, things of that nature, have the nerve to say something like that because, the thing about it is that the wisdom that they have is real. And that, that same wisdom, because it's reminiscent of what we've seen in the past. And I, I won't say that to all of them because every, everybody, you know, has, a, has different intentions. But what I can say is I believe we did more in the past because we were at least united in what we stood for and what we didn't stand for. And right now, p- 
people um, disrespect God in so many ways because they're so daggone woke, but they are so daggone sleep at the same time. Because you know so much, but they ain't doing nothing with it. Knowledge puffeth up. That is in scripture. And Wisdom. And everything is mm-hmm. yeah, in part. Like you read too. Like you, yeah. Yes. Yeah. First Corinthians 13, I want to say. We know in part. We don't come into a full knowledge until death. Uh, on this side of heaven. And... Wisdom is knowledge, is God's divine knowledge and application, and so many people lack it, yet they know so much. But that's the issue. You're not using what you're eating, so you're sitting over here fat of all your knowledge, but don't even know how to put it into action. And that's the problem. And that is where we are different than our ancestors, because we have so much more access, yet we are not using it. And we know so much, and it is killing our faith. Because we believe so much in ourselves and what we can do. They didn't do things by what they could do in and of their own. They just knew, all right, well, hopefully this will help. And that hopefully this will help has gotten us this far. We stand on the shoulders of those people. We stand on the shoulders of the ones that people that people literally in a meme will clown like you clown your ancestors negro you know you couldn't handle one day on the inside of the house let alone the cotton field if we gonna be 100 y'all too daggone cute for that y'all care too much about your daggone butt shots about whatever's happening with your hair whatever's happening with the rest of your face since we want to get botox all the time and yes blacks we'd still do it our daggone selves we care more about our wigs Men care more about what making sure they have their protein smoothie on deck and are vegans. That's all they care. That's all we care about. We care about our looks so much. And you think you're going to F somebody up. You wouldn't have been able to make it out in the field. So stop dissing where you come from. And I think you would. And, and get some respect. And I remember reading in his letter, too. I want to say it was like in one of the latter books. I think it was like. It may have been, I think, First John. I want to say, but it talk, but it talks about like working out, like working out the body is good, but <laughs> it's more about the spirit, food oh, yeah. the spirit, exercising that. Don't get me started, because they talk even about what what eating mm-hmm. and choosing to not eat something that yeah, based on the right the trend, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's scripture that I, I I really would love to look it up. I'm just but since people will talk about memes, I will end with one meme, and it's factual. All the answers you need and are looking for is in the holy book. It's there. It's there. If you allow God to lead you. And again, and real quickly, I'll say, give him your anger. Because I know that everybody think, give him that. Give him that. He's waiting on that. Give him that. Give him that and give him your questions. And be open to his response. Because as he will tell you, it is so deep. What he's got to tell y'all and show y'all, it'll blow your mind. But with that, 
is signing off. And until next time, y'all, be safe out there. Have a have a hopefully a blessed and better 2020 for these next six months, five six months. Mm. And let's rise up, y'all. Peace.